This is episode number 95. Wow. Of the Green Suiters podcast. Yes. Available on Apple, Spotify. Yes. And don't forget to leave a review. We really leave appreciate a review. It. And also leave a negative review for Off the Cut. Because <laughs> their podcast just is awful. It just is the worst. They What are they on? Episode three or four? It doesn't matter. They're all so bad. I lost track of the, the number. I like that's like the last thing I pay attention to. <laughs> they did confirm today on their podcast, though, that they uh, do hurt puppies with their Patreon money. Wow. That's not cool. like that's it's like a hobby, a pastime of theirs, which I'm they not surprised. Hurt, they hurt puppies. They think they're so big time. They have a an editor like a. He, they they treat it like the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, no kidding, huh? Yeah. So you know how Rogan has that guy that's always in the background. Yeah. Uh, looking up facts and all that stuff. Well, they do. Yeah, that. Young, feel young, so, young Jamie. Yeah. I, I feel so bad for the individual that they suckered into coming on that god-awful excuse of a podcast. They just, they treat him so poorly. You know, like if, if he was on ours, He'd yeah. be treated as a member of the team. Yeah. They don't and treat he him prob- right. Oh, he would probably actually learn something because, you know, we don't talk about things that mean nothing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I know. It's, it's weird <clears throat> sometimes. Yeah. It is what it is. Yep. So, everybody, welcome to episode 95. Uh, and to be clear, you can find Off the Cut Podcast on uh, Patreon or, or Spotify, all the, streaming platforms um 95 is a community episode excellent and guess what everybody we have a lot of questions because i asked on instagram yesterday and we haven't done that in a while and we got let's see just over 20 questions written in old end mancini came through for us big he put about 10 in there as he usually does he gets his he gets his fill in for a while, so we always have questions wow. to answer. Ask, but we have a lot of really good questions tonight, so um, we're just going to get right into that. We don't have Ronnie here with us uh, tonight, simply because Mister Ronnie Fulton is still gallivanting around in Europe, and at the present time, Sedge, I don't know if you saw his uh, his stuff that he's been posting, but he's in Switzerland right now. Oh, way cool! Yeah. Yeah, I ended up making a right in southern Germany and ended up in Switzerland. Yeah. And then Mary Ann said, turn right. And I went, okay. And then she goes, what the hell's that? About a half a click away. And I said, I think it's Switzerland. Get your passport out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, we, ended up, we ended up in Austria that later that afternoon. She goes, what's that big orange building? I go, that's probably Bloom. So as we just know it, no, it's not. And as we drive in closer and closer, this thing's getting huge. And she, the sign at the road said bloom. She goes, how'd you know that? I go intuition, baby. I just know. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's orange and we're in yes. Austria. Yes. <laughs> well, we do have, uh, we do have a couple new patrons. Oh, cool. That I did want to quickly <laughs> mention. Yeah, that's right. You mentioned that the other night. I thought you were messing with me. 
No, I actually think he, if I remember correctly, I think he sent me a message um, on Instagram. I'm going to have to look. Um, I, I can't find it right off the top or right off the cut or oh, geez, off the cut. What oh, am I saying. Oh, my God. God. I just, they're on my mind right off the top of my head. I can't find the message, but um, he was just joking and saying, hey, I'm the one with the weird name. So we would like to welcome two of our newest patrons uh, joining at the old tight bond three level. Yes. And that would be I'll read the first one. Mr. Miles Reedy. Right. Patron. That was uh, welcome. yesterday. Welcome, Miles. And the newest addition, Mr. Goblin Spanker. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> Goblin Spanker. Hey, Goblin Spanker. How are you? Yeah. Wow. You know, we have 98 patrons now. Two more to hit 100. And it's what's wow. funny is that we're almost at episode 100. Isn't that crazy? It's hard to believe. Still trying to figure out what we should do for that. I have some ideas. Yeah, and uh, that leads to one of our questions that I'd like to maybe even kick off. Hey, do we got a? Uh, let's take care of some more business. Do we got a giveaway? Yep, leather by Dragonfly, Patrick and Michelle, who uh, just left my house this morning. They were here this weekend, and this month they're giving away a two hundred dollars gift certificate to leatherbydragonfly.com to uh, one of our lucky patrons. Wow! Thank you, Patrick and Michelle. Thank you. I'm sure one of our patrons is going to be very happy. If you're listening to this for the first time, our giveaways are for our patrons only. So if you're interested in becoming a patron and being automatically entered every month into a great giveaway that we do, go to patreon.com forward slash green suitors podcast and pick a level there. And whatever you do for the love of God, do not become a patron of off the cut podcast because they use that money to traffic puppies. And that is just not, it's not a good practice. Wow. Yeah, that's not good. Hey, is that a new movie out about uh, uh, puppy trafficking? No, human trafficking. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I saw the preview for that movie. the other day. Oh, it looks My unbelievable. Saw it, and she said it was the hardest movie she's ever had to watch. Yeah, but it was amazing. I watched. Uh, I watched a couple of the trailers. They have the long version, the short version, because I've been picking up a few things, uh, threads uh, from people out of Hollywood yeah. about you have to go see this. And you know what? It looks horrific. Yeah. But I think it's good because it'll make people keep their eyes wide open because it seems like it's all around us. And I kind of experienced something the other night where I went, that was beyond odd. Hmm. And, um, yeah, I won't get into it. I'll tell you off the podcast. It was really a bizarre situation I was put into. And I think something nefarious was going on. Hmm. So it was weird. Well, now I got to know. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, movie looks pretty powerful. But without further ado, we're not going to get into really what we've been up to, even though I have plenty of things that I could talk about. Um, but I will say I am very excited before we get into our first question. I'll let you kick it off with the one you were just talking about. Yeah. Um, so last week we briefly kind of went back and forth a little bit on that whole idea of good versus great. Yeah. Good workers. Well, yeah. they've been talking about it a lot more in the, in the 
Discord uh, group since that podcast came out and saying that if we talk about it, they'd like us to like hit certain things. So I definitely think next week when Ronnie's back that 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 needs to be our topic. And I just had an experience this weekend um, that I'll probably get into next week. Um, if that's the case, good versus great, or just even customer service experience. Yeah. Holy crap. Did I have a weekend from hell, a Saturday from hell. And I won't get into it because we're not talking about what we're up to. Well, all right, Oof. let's, uh, let's start. We're going to try to get as many questions answered tonight as we can. Since it's just the two of us, we got yeah, lots man. of great questions. Yeah. Um, Instead, just you, as you pick them, I'll just highlight them so I know to delete them later. So, okay, you may go first. Okay, so this is from, and I kind of like this one because I want to make sure everybody uh, is gets excited. Uh, Lincoln Woodworks, I think that's Chad Colton and the family. Any news? The question is, any news on a patron meetup? Uh, Ronnie's back in town. We will discuss it. We yes, we'd like to do something. We're trying to figure out. It, it's tough uh, trying to get a place where we can all meet up and not. It, you know how you you can't make everybody happy, but we want to get as many people there as possible and maybe do it in a shop somewhere. Um. Uh, so we're discussing it still, but we'd like to have one, and I don't know how soon we can have it. I'll tell you what. Um, bourbon with the boys. Uh, we moved it a, to this Friday night coming up. So people who are listening, patrons, you're listening. It's bourbon with the boys, the top tier people. Uh, so be there, be square. It's just right now, uh, Jason, myself, and Ronnie were juggling a lot, and just bear with us because uh, being a patron is going to be well worth it. <laughs> we got some really cool things planned for the rest of the year and in 2024. But we definitely want to get a meetup somewhere. So that Jason, what are your thoughts on that? I, I I don't really have much to add to that. I mean, that's definitely something we just, you know, need to keep trying to hash out and figure out what we're going to do. But at the end of the day, it's unfortunate. Like we're not going to make everybody happy. Like lots of people won't be able to attend. And so we'll figure something out that we got it. We got to tie it. I like the idea of tying it to something else because then it gives somebody a reason to go there other than just for us to hang out, drink beer, and then go home the next day. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's so, nothing wrong with that, though. I mean, I'd also like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're, sure. we're, we're, hey. we're, uh, we're looking at it. We'll figure it out. Well, there's something that happens um, every November, and that's Hotville Hardware uh, Tool Show. And last year, we had a mini meet. Remember? We had a mini meetup. That's where we met uh, Dirk and Stephanie. And we had some other people show up for that. Patrick and Michelle showed up. We got pizza. We just hung out. The show lasts till seven at night. So the hang was at the Comfort Inn Suites right on the property. And that, that was is a, not that is not a bad idea. I mean, people could come to the show. It's a killer show. And then it's very we, centrally located. And then maybe, you know, green suiters buy some pizzas at night. That's a really good idea. We let we're, we need to talk about that more. I didn't even think about that. That yeah, that'd be because that that is a, something worth coming out and going to because you get good deals on tools there too. So yeah, and uh, I think we are. I got a meeting with them end of end, uh, next week or the week after uh, end of July because we're going to start hashing. I'm going to do another festival live there Friday at noon, 
And then we're there Saturday till about two o'clock. So Friday night's the the key time to have that meet up and just hang out and chill. I'll tell you what, at the end of the show, we're all exhausted. You worked the show last year with Festool, mm-hmm. uh, Jason. We were exhausted, but that was really fun. I Sometimes you get done with that show. It's 7, 7.30 at night by the time you get back to the hotel. And then going out to eat after that, you just just chilling in that lobby and having pizza was so much daggone fun and hanging out. What what are the dates on that again? Uh, it's the weekend before, before Thanksgiving, always. So the seventeenth, seventeenth, eighteenth. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if uh, if it's going to be a possibility. Um, if they Craig end up and, yeah, Craig and Tyler asking. were with us. Yep, that was fun. I mean, if I have the opportunity to go, like with you and with Festival, I'd, I would definitely go. I had a great time last year. Yeah, it was cool. You were so you were like a little kid when you sold your first fourteen hundred. That was funny as yeah. shit. It's like, oh, oh, that was awesome. I, I sold a, a tool. It's invigorating. It's so easy too because selling things that you like, you know, I like. I always felt like that's why I do well when it comes to affiliate marketing because when it's something that you like and you're passionate about, like talking about those things, it's easy, it's easy because I don't have to like <clears throat> sugarcoat anything or make up stuff. It's just, I'm talking about a product that I'm excited about and that excitement comes out Yep. and people trust that. Right. So, yep. but doing hey. it at a show in person, that was like the first time I had ever done anything like that. And it was fun. What was, what's, I really, I'm really glad you said that because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff I promote at Festool that's not Festool and on Sedgetool. And I have no affiliate marketing with it. I'm just, I get excited about tools. I, I used to get excited about selling fe- or showing people Festool and I wasn't even selling it. I didn't even work for Festool. I just, yeah. I like showing people good, good stuff. That, you know why? Because if I'm happy with it, I think it's a good value. I want people not to be, uh, how do you say, uh, talk down the wrong path to a poor purchase. Right. Yeah. So it's cool. It's cool. You're up. Um, all right. <clears throat> Let's see. I'm going to do one of Ed Mancini's questions. What's the single biggest aspect of your life that woodworking has improved? Um, wow. I, I don't want I don't want people to look at this as a shallow answer, um, but quality of life. So, and what I and I mean that in a monetary point of view, right? Like, oh, it is getting into woodworking has completely changed my kids lives my wife's life our life as a whole it has given us opportunities um it brings it brings in good money uh, on you know obviously on top of my my retirement stuff um so getting into woodworking and turning it into a business in my case specifically the content creation side of things um it has changed my life like it is for for the better right there there's obviously stressors and things that come with that but um a lot of people, you know, they they want to know they is this something that I could make a living from? And I, I'll be the first to tell you, yes, <laughs> like it it is drastically improved our life on every level, um, and I hope it continues to do that. And I'm very thankful for that. 
And it gives me the ability to do what I'm doing now, which is focus my time and attention on doing just this and not having to be stressed uh, monetarily. Hmm. That wouldn't be possible had it not been for woodworking. Hmm. No idea what I'd be doing now. What about you? Wow. Can I give two? Sure. Patience and friendship. Patience um, to understand you're going to make mistakes and to work through them and to have the patience to do so. Also happens as a uh, big aspect for me in uh, work, but also uh, family life through the years. Mm -hmm. And friendship. It's the relationships I've created, whether uh, the South Florida Woodworkers Guild, uh, one of my closest friends I met there, his name is Bob Amy. Um, and we just became quick friends. David Lassiter, Crunchy, uh, all those guys. Uh, the relationships I've met in the industry, uh, working out of South Florida and woodworking, um, bringing it forward to working at Festool and all the professional relationships I've had, uh, some of my best friends, and also uh, my friendships that I've met, uh, people who I've interacted with, some end users um, through classes, but also, uh, I'll just say it, the Green Suiters podcast. Uh, I have two really, really close friends, but it's would this be possible if I had got, ever gotten into woodworking? Probably not. And just all the people I have met over the years, because I everything everybody knows, I'm a people person. And uh, I have met some of the coolest people. People I thought I'd never meet in my life, and I did. From, a, I mean, last... I used to watch these guys on television and now I consider them friends and they consider me friends. Uh, the guys mm -hmm. from this old house and the guys from behind the scenes of this old house, Dino, the cameraman and Mike and all the guys, um, Eric and uh, Quint and everybody, just Brian Quint, all those guys I've met just, it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. So that's what I've gotten out of my woodworking is patience and friendships. So he, and he asked another question that is very similar to this one. And it was, uh, I'm just highlighting it because yeah, we kind of no. answered it as well, but it was, how does, how has woodworking and YouTube changed your life? So that both of those questions we just answered for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. I would like to second the friendship one because that is the one thing that will never cease to amaze me. All of my closest friends now are all a result of me getting into woodworking. Every single one of them, like the people that I, and that, I've been 20 years in the military. I have some really close buddies. I don't talk to them every day. The people I talk to every day, pretty much are all people that I've met because I got into woodworking and was on social media. I mean, the night I met you and Jess Crow, I know you guys would be friends for the rest of my life. I just knew it. And we just had a hell of a two days down at Rubio, but I just, it was cool. 
And yeah. I, I've, I've known Ronnie when we first got into uh, uh, doing the green suitors and we were talking about it. Ronnie says, I've known you for 12 years or 14 years. And I went, huh? And he goes, think about it. Look how old Cam is. Remember when he was really, I went, oh my God, I've known you forever. But I wouldn't, have, I don't think I would have met Ronnie if uh, I didn't work at Festool because he came to Festool to learn about Festool and I was the guy. I was the only guy there. Yeah. So, yeah. And and I think people forget to realize that sometimes, you know, we get caught up in projects and buying lumber and finishing stuff and quoting out a client, but enjoy the journey. Always enjoy the journey and enjoy the people you meet along the way. Yeah. And always take something away from each person to learn, to learn from each person. And I mean, Ed, that was a great question. Thank you for sure. Well, you are up. Wow. It's got another question here, but I'm going to leave it because I really think this is a good question. But I'm going to I'm going to move on. I'm going to look here. Oh, it's from Lido. Mike Lido at Lido's workshop. Woodshop. What's the hardest project you have worked on? And what did you do to overcome the obstacle? Okay, so. I've worked on a lot of hard projects. <laughs> Mikey, my business partner, and I had a furniture PhD in, in uh, uh, Broward County. We What we would do is we would take our projects and we'd walk out of something. He'd look at me and go, hey, we know how to do that. And I go, hell no, but we're hmm. going to figure it out. And there was one that had, uh, I, I probably talked about it. I probably told this story a hundred times, maybe even the, a thousand times because I used to t- uh, talk about it all the time when I was talking that uh, at Festool and training, but we were building this uh, pedest these pedestals for a pe- uh, d- dual pedestal table, and uh, everything on this, including the back um, of the settee that we built in, was compound angles, and we did it on a table saw, and we we're cutting these tall panels, compound angles, and e- I think everybody knows who's done this. One side is a jig. The other side's a jig. You got to break it down, use your pin nail or do it, blah, 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 blah. So it took me about two and a half days to cut it. We put it all together. Back then, there was no domino. It was biscuits, glue, lots of uh, blue tape to hold it together. And when it came together, it wasn't perfect. And about two weeks earlier, I saw uh, Eddie at Marine Industry Tool and Supply uh, do a compound angle cut by laying this thing called a guide rail on a piece of plywood and using this thing called a, a track saw. Back then it was the hmm. ATF 55. Never heard of it. Yeah. But if you, have you ever seen an ATF 55? Mm-hmm. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. I owned one because I went and bought it and I recut everything in about two and a half hours versus two and a half days. I was blown away. And that's a story. I, like I said, I've told a, a billion times, but it still resonates in my head about saving money with a track saw. And that build, and it just didn't come together. But it was, it, it's kind of one of those things when you're talking about compound angles, it's like cutting crown, which is a compound angle. Uh, it's, you know, you're trying to figure it out. You bring it down to your, your capex, and then you go, is that the right cut? You set your capex. You're trying to figure it out. It's one of those things you got to think spatially with for compound angles. And that's tough. And that was a hard project for me, but we got through it. And boy, when 
we delivered it to the Silvers in Parkland. It was really funny. Mikey goes, she's crying. And I go, tears of joy or tears of like disgust. He goes, tears of joy. And on the way home, they called us and they said, we're sitting down. That way. It was a, a long uh, install and we were driving back the box truck and he was on the phone with her and she said, we've never been more pleased with a piece of furniture. And I was like, that was okay, man. That was worth the, that was worth the, uh, the strain on the brain for that one. So yeah. that's a good question, Mike. Thanks. You're up chase with, uh, what do you, what's your answer? What was your hardest project? Um, so I, when I saw this question, I was trying to think of something that stood out to me and I, I wasn't really able to narrow any specific thing down, but I, I can talk about what I'm dealing with right now. Um, from a build perspective, what I'm doing now is one of the easiest builds I've ever done, right? It's a two flat panels and with some metal legs attached to them. Super simple. couple little things here and there. However, um, it's hard in the sense that this is the biggest, heaviest, you know, single, I guess, in quotes, item that I've done. And I'm not set up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not, I do not have, I mean, I have the space, but it's not the space that I want. Um, and it's impossible for me to move things around by myself. So I'm, I'm running into this problem where I have to, you know, constantly be asking, like set my schedule around times where I can get somebody else to come out and help me flip this table or like I'm building it in that way. So like, I need to get the finish on tonight because tomorrow, you know, Bill can come over and he can help me flip this so I can do the next step. Right. So, um, how I'm overcoming that is I'm just giving a little bit more forethought, you know, before I do things like, okay, what's the next step that's going to require me to have help? What do I need to get done before that? And how can I get set up for that next, uh, step properly? So again, not a hard build, but a hard situation. Um, and so I'm just, I'm being more deliberate in the, in the planning of, of how I'm going to approach certain things. Cool. Those are heavy panels. Oh yeah. Very heavy. And now, now they're actually going to be at the shop until the 31st. I don't deliver them until the 31st now. So as soon as these things have finish on them and they sat for like a day or two, I've got to get them leaned up against the wall so I can start doing other things in my shop. So that'll be this week. All right. My turn. Uh, This is Mr. Marty Gable. Uh, I don't know if he's already gotten his answer because this is back in May 20th. So Marty, (laughs) if you haven't got your answer yet, this is just a quick one that I just, I can answer Sedge. Um, Now that green suitors podcast uses discord, how does an existing patron member join the feed? Thanks. Um, I'm assuming Marty's probably on there by now, but uh, for those of you that don't know, we, if you're a patron, we have a Discord app and everybody loves it. Um, they use it a lot and it's been really fun to watch and, and read the stuff. Um, but the best way to do it is create a Discord account, get a Discord ID, and then go into your Patreon account and add your Discord ID in the section that it allows you to do it. And when you do that, you will get access uh, to our Discord. So um, hopefully you're already in there now, Marty. 
All right, Sedge, you're up. Okay. Um, this one is from Rick Bino. Uh, when should you replace table saw blades and Capex blades? Um, well, what I always coach people on is there's a lot of times you don't even need to replace them because you think they're dull. Take them off. I like to use crud cutter. Some people use simple grain. I just use something citrus blade so it citrus base so it doesn't etch. Uh, nine out of ten times, it's not a dull blade. It's a dirty blade. Um, uh, so that's when you should uh, not replace but clean. Clean, clean, clean is it's huge. Track saw blades. I know people who will go out and buy track saw blades and like, oh, there's no need to just clean it. I usually just take a piece of scrap plywood, squirt that stuff on, use a toothbrush. But what I will do, because you've cleaned them, let them dry. And then I use um, dry lube on mine. Uh, I think it's by PB Blasta. Yeah. There's no silicone. And this stuff is great. And it's a protectant as well on there. So that's what I use. Now, if you need your blade sharpened, Mm. Oh, I could say this because this isn't coming out until Friday, right? Correct. We're kicking off a Festool sharpening service. So that's something we've been doing a lot of investigating on. Uh, so your Capex blades, a lot of people don't realize with a good sharpening, and we have a really good sharpening service to offer customers going forward. It We're going to have a beta program on it. You'll hear more about it uh, soon enough. Uh, it's called Festool Sharpening, and that should be kicking off, I think, sometime this week, if not in the next nice. two weeks. So it's pretty good. Uh, a lot of people don't realize you you got a huge chunk of carbide on all the Festool blades. It's worth sharpening. And most people, when we did a survey, didn't realize you could sharpen our blades, and you can. And that's uh, really good. Uh, it's really uh, price conscientious as well. So uh hopefully i'm not letting the cat out of the bag because i think it's being announced this week sometime so yeah fingers crossed yep for sure some things just get held up once in a while because there's a glitch and something but it's a it's it's a long time coming people don't realize you could sharpen a festival blade people don't realize you can sharpen all your carbide blades (laughs) and you have to have a good sharpener make sure someone reputable but man, it's pennies on the dollar to get your tooling sharpened, router bits, everything. It's worth it. Yeah. But the, but there's a lot of, oh, in Florida, there are a few hacks out there that destroyed a few of my blades. So I never used them again. Find someone good that you can trust and do it. Cool. What do you got, Jace, on that? Replace. Um, I, nothing really additional to add. Not, I mean, nine times out of 10, like when it blades for from my experience, when a blade is cutting, starts cutting poorly, simply cleaning it makes all the difference in the world. Um, I don't think I've ever, I've never sent a blade in to be sharpened. Not one time. Now, a big part of that is not that maybe the blade didn't need to be sharpened, but I think blades don't need to be sharpened as much as people think mm-hmm. you know they're like i've got to send it off you know every six months to get sharpened it's like do you like how much are you really cutting with it and are you keeping it clean and what materials are you cutting you probably don't need to will it make a difference yeah sure of course it will but i've never sent one on and i think a big reason for that is just because 
I regularly get new blades because that's just me. And I like to, you know, it's all, I got the forest woodworker too. Hey, I got the rich carbide. Hey, I got, you know, these blades sent to me from Harvey. And so I, I typically always had blades that were good, you know, and, uh, then I started working with Tenru and, you know, that needing to get a blade sharpened was never really a, never really a thing. I'd say if I had any single blade that needed to be sharpened, maybe it was the forest woodworker too, because that was the one blade that I used the longest, but still never send it and get sharpened because it still cut great. So no worries. I always had an extra one, but if it starts to cut, if you're cutting, it's not cutting well, you clean it and it's still not cutting well, probably a good time to get it sharpened. Um, okay. So that was a good one. Uh, sticking with the blades. Let's do this one from Patrick, uh, leather by dragonfly. Do you change your table saw blade for rip and cross cut? Um, I used to not, I have found myself over the past couple of years doing it a little bit more often. Um, cause typically I just use a general purpose blade in my table saw. So I could do either one. Um, but if I'm cross cutting plywood, but then ripping like eight quarter lumber, oh, you better believe I'm going to put a, a ripping blade on the table yeah. for sure. Just makes it so much easier. I'm chuckling because somebody came up to me once and said, Hey, listen, I know the difference between cross cutting and ripping. So when we're ripping plywood, should I put on a ripping blade? And I go, no, use the same blade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. But, but make sure it's people, aggressive. No, it, but guess what? But people don't know. Right. And I just wanted to clarify that if you didn't know, uh, if I'm ripping thick, like uh thicker wood, like six quarter, eight quarter, I'm definitely put on in a ripping blade because it's less teeth and a curve. doesn't matter if it's a big, table saw or small table saw or a track saw you got too many teeth in the curve one of the biggest things that we heard uh, years ago with ts55s when they were 2.2 millimeter uh, hmm. blades was uh I, the saw is underpowered that's not you're using a 48 tooth blade ripping uh you know six quarter uh maple, white oak yeah. uh, white oak right no put a ripping blade they go oh you guys make ripping blades so, um, Patrick, what you can do is I tell people with track saws, if you don't want to switch out blades, we usually, and we have one for almost all our track saws, there's usually a 28 tooth blade. It comes with the, the 42 or 48 tooth blade for ripping and cross cutting plywood, which we're going to include because that's what people buy our track saws for. But if you want something for cross cutting and ripping and not changing out the blade, we put in what is known as a universal blade where everybody else will call a combination blade for ripping and cross-cutting. You still got a great uh, rip and cross-cut both. Just always remember, it's less teeth in the curve. With a ripping blade on a table saw, it's a flat rake blade, which is really also better for ripping. So, I, I used to, uh, anytime I was doing dados or grooves or anything like that, I would always change your ripping. If I wasn't using a dado stack, I would always yep. change your ripping blade because it had the flat grind. Yep. Flat raker. Yep. yep. People don't know that. And they go, why is my data? I got these like little, because you're using an alternating top bevel, <laughs> but right. 
That's just something that's learned. Yep. Can't know anything, everything when you first start woodworking. You got to be patient and learn everything. All <sighs> right. You are up, sir. Oh, I am? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, so here's one. Let me see if I get this one right. <laughs> okay. This one is for woodwork and whiskers. It says, what are your view on threads? Well, I like to wear clothes, so I like threads. <laughs> Nailed no. it. Nailed it. I Because it says, is it a massive waste of time or is it just me? No, I think uh, going into the shop with clothes on is also a safety factor. So I prefer to wear threads. <laughs> So we actually we had this discussion today at work about threads uh and uh cuz it's that's the the meta version that just got released of uh Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. And boy, I was enlightened. Lucy's there this week and she enlightened me about a few things. Do you know if you start a th- a threads account, you can you can um bring all your Twitter people over to that account. Did you know that? Uh, I did not. I did start a, a, a Threads account. I haven't done anything with it yet. And uh, you can always... So because Threads, uh, it's a meta business, which is Facebook and Instagram. And uh, it's also... Uh, this is really weird. This really gave me... Because uh, we're thinking on Sedge Tool of starting a Threads account. We have a Twitter account. But, you know, it's another line. In, it's another line in the the ocean, you know. To bring people into your uh, your other feeds or your other platforms, but with threads, if you start threads, you can turn it on. But if you ever want to delete threads, it also deletes your Instagram account. That's what. That's what. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. So you can you can turn it off your threads account. You can turn it off and not cause any damage. But once it's linked, this is what Luke. Lucy was telling me, and I we have to do some investigation. Big D's gonna do some investigation on that. It's just really weird. So, uh, is it a waste of time? I don't think any social media platform. If you are in the business of social media and creating content uh, and teaching on social media, it's always. I always with Sedge Tool, whatever platform we're on, we call it a lead to bring people into our YouTube channel because that's where we teach wood, basic woodworking and do some tool reviews and stuff like that. Um, and that's where we want people. That's what, that's our number one platform. So yeah, I don't think it's a waste of time. I wouldn't put too much time. We don't put too much time into Twitter. Uh, but uh, Jason, your thoughts? Um, I don't know yet. I, I did create an account just because that seems like the thing to do. I I will say that I don't think it's going to be a waste of time depending on what it is that you're trying to get out of it. Yes. The reason I say that is because it's the same company that created Facebook and Instagram and both of those platforms are oh, yeah. still doing very well and very strong. So I would assume that this is going to be another popular platform. When I was looking at it, I, I've never really done much of anything with Twitter. I think I have a Twitter account because I made it way back in the day, but I don't, I just never saw that 
type of content as something that uh, interested me so much. With threads, when I scroll through it, it just looks like Instagram. Uh-huh. So to me, it's not it's like it's basically the same thing and i see people they're just posting the same stuff over there it's just like any other platform like oh just repurpose stuff so i don't really get why other than the fact that they want to be a competitor to twitter um if you're trying to grow your audience just like Sedge said it's one more place for you to have uh to to grow an audience and that can find your main source of uh, where you want your main source of traffic to be. So I'm probably going to, you know, mess with it a little bit more. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, it just gets really tiring and really difficult to keep up with all oh, of the different platforms. It's crazy. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, it, 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 there's there's your patience and you got to be patient you have to have patience if you want to grow a channel um you have to have to put the time in and that it is a lot of time and is it worth it uh 100% yeah it's it's i have a lot of fun doing it i have learned so much Two and a half years ago, if you would have asked me, yeah, Twitter, hey, TikTok, hey, this, this. But boy, I my number one thing is teaching, and I love to also learn, and I have learned so much by starting Sedge Tool. And what's really cool is when I'm sitting in marketing meetings nowadays at Festool, I think I know a lot more than a lot of people in that room. Uh, so when... I have somebody like Lucy Rosenthal in there, who's our social media manager, and she's talking. She knows I'm understanding because <laughs> she's also a Sedge Tool fan, and she's she is Jason. She's in town. I know how much you like her. How and, long is she going to be in town for? Uh, just a couple more days. We got all our meetings lined up for our planning for 2024, and 2025. So she's going to be here for a couple of days. She just, she didn't uh, fly back to San Diego from Germany. She came right from Germany. Yeah. So hmm. she's been away. And then I think she's going to be away next week, I think on vacation or for two weeks. She's, she's a road warrior the month of July. She's, a, I'm gonna... but I really enjoy chatting with her and cause she knows what she's doing. And it's really funny because today I was asking her questions and everybody's kind of looking at me like, how the hell do you know that? Right. And I go, well, this is what I do for a living outside of Festool, guys. I didn't say that to them, but I do. And what I've learned from you and what I've learned from Ronnie, what I've learned from all my friendships that I've made at WorkbenchCon, it's amazing. Uh, I like I like, I like, like to continue to expand. I may try cool. to come up there this week. I need to bring those clamps uh, back to you, but since she's here, I might... <laughs> Hmm. Try to swing by. Um, schedule depending, of course. Uh huh. Uh, okay, let's do one. I'm gonna do this one. This is a kind of an old one, but um, decent topic to talk about. Mr. Kevin Willingham uh, wrote this back in May, starting to build a Nakashima style. Uh, can't really read what it says. 
uh, Nakashima style dining table out of maple. I need suggestions on a nice, clear, minimal yellowing finish for maple. Pretty pleased with wingies on top. Ooh, wingies. Um, yeah, to me, that's if, if I was doing it and I wanted uh, minimal yellowing and it's on maple, I'd use a water based polyurethane. Probably like general finishes, high performance would be my my go to just because it will keep it very natural looking from my experience. Okay. Uh, this is going to sound really weird. Um, years and years and years ago, I read a great uh, article because I wanted something non-yellowing. And this is 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And they tested a bunch of different uh, finishes. And you're right. Um, I don't use a lot of polyurethane, but if I'm doing a tabletop and I want non-yellowing, uh, and I want something wicked durable, and it's always it's always worked out for me. I use uh, and it's water based. It's polyacrylic by um, Minwax. Yeah, and it it I could tell you I've had pieces kicking around and they haven't yellowed, and it works great. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna. I'm going to tell you, I've had the desk that I'm standing at right now. And Mark Adams taught me this. You want people, you want the right finish on there. So people come up and go, they touch, they touch the piece of furniture and go, oh, wow. That is all I do every time I come over there now. (laughs) That's nice. Uh, Jennifer, my daughter's in town. And she came over and she stood at the desk and she went, oh, my God. And her hands went right to it. She goes, this is beautiful. It's so smooth. What's on here? And I go, Rubio Monocoat. Uh, I am uh, going to do a follow-up video on this. Um, there's certain, you know, uh, I'm, there's certain areas I'm going to stand at. And I do sweat a lot. Uh, I'm being very conscientious of it. But you know how that, uh, that uh, kind of horn comes out and I'm always leaning yeah. on it, Jason. I'm conscientious of that because I want to see how it holds up to the salts and oils in my body. Uh, but so far, I am so pleased with this. And everybody walks into the office and touches the slab. It sounds funny I'm saying that, but I know I have chosen the right finish for this. But once again, I'm not eating at it. I'm not dropping a lot of stuff on it. I'm working at it. I already have my uh, acrylic blotter down, which I know this is where I do a lot of my writing. I'm not going to write on it. But for me, if I'm doing a tabletop and I need something extremely durable, I'm going to probably put that polyacrylic on if if I want non-yellowing. Yeah. Uh, there is stuff I've used on my bar top that was a semi-mistake, but um, uh, it's called, it's by Za, it's called Ultrathane, and I, they use it on floors. I used it on my bar top, and it had a UV. So when people would come down, they'd see all my cabinets in my basement and they would go, oh, wow, look how that cherry, you know, how it uh, the patina because I, I sprayed lacquer on that. But this had a UV protectant on it. And over time, UV does go away protectants. And uh, it's kind of it's taken a while for it to catch up to gain that reddish patina. So right. ultra, it's called Czar Ultramax. And this stuff is so durable it's ridiculous 
I haven't had any yellowing effect. It's crystal clear on my bar top. So that's what I chose. I just didn't want to do a build up epoxy on the bar top because it's all cherry with a curly cherry drop edge on it. And I book matched it. It's it's I I went way above and beyond uh, to make sure I had a perfect veneer match out of a piece of uh, high end cherry uh, veneer A grade that I bought. And uh, <laughs> I got a uh, a very good uh, rave uh, review on it from my nephew, who's a project manager at a huge shop in Raleigh. And he went, Uncle Brian, that is an incredible match. And then I went through the process of it with him and he went, holy crap. I was like, wow, finally someone saw the work I did. Everybody just stands mm-hmm. at the bar and goes, yeah, 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 nice bar talk. But he really noticed it. And I love it when I when I have and I spend time with an attention to detail. And then Kyle comes in and sees this and goes, holy crap. And I went, oh, okay. It was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a good feeling. So, cool. Where were we? You were oh, up. I'm up. Okay. Here's one. Uh, once again, I don't know if I got the context right. <laughs> I know who it's from because I know he'll get a chuckle out of this one. It's from Fitzsimmons Custom Woodworks. It says, what other trades could you see yourself going into after woodworking or did you come from? So I'll I'll give a quick answer uh, because of all the videos I've been doing. I was going to go into the uh, adult film foray after that. Uh, So, you know, I've been working on a few things to get me in the right place uh, in retirement. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think it's a great idea. You think so? Yeah, you'd be a hit. I think so. You know how that goes. Hey, no, I I don't. I don't see myself going into any other trade. Um, There's a few things that I'd like to get into. And that's something that maybe sooner than later, uh, I'd like to learn how to weld. And uh, a good friend that I've met in woodworking and um, I hang out with every once in a while is Eric Gorgeous. And He's invited me to come up and learn to weld. So I'm going to try to take him up on that uh, in the near future, hopefully. Um, something I did when I was, I don't know if I ever told this on the podcast. I was 12 years old and we had this place in downtown Lewiston, Maine called Craft School. And uh, I actually turned some pottery. I took a pottery class and um yeah, I think I did mention this because Ben was on the podcast. Yeah, Ben said, said, if you ever pull a ghost on me, I started losing it. <laughs> he goes, that's all I can think of is Sedge and ghost right now. Hey, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed the instant gratification and creativity of turning pottery. Uh, and I think I told everybody, my sister, who doesn't smoke anymore, I made her an ashtray. When I was 12, she <laughs> still has it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And I've also, believe it or not, I've actually taken painting classes. So am I ever going to delve into painting again? Probably not. But maybe 
maybe some pottery. I've often thought of to add to furniture that I'm I've built or or building. I like to do some stained glass. Never know. So, but it's all about time, and I just I have so much daggone fun in my shop woodworking. (laughs) I don't want to say I'm at the end of my trade. No, I feel like I'm just starting again. Uh, But I like to stay focused in woodworking and add some uh, iron work to it, welding, and maybe some other creativity pieces that I need to take a class or two to. Right. So what about you, Mr. Ben? I think welding would be something that I would be interested in, but a particular trade, remodeling maybe, even though I don't love doing that stuff. But the more that I do it around the house, the more I learn and I do like to learn things. So, um, but before any of this, I didn't do anything. Before I got into woodworking, I had no previous knowledge uh, or experience in any of the trades at all. And I had no intention on being in any of them. So um, if I feel like if I got out of woodworking, I would have to do something completely different, like not even related to anything like this. Like I would want it to be something totally separate, but yeah, that is my there, answer. There's plenty of room in the adult film industry. I've been doing a lot of research. I've been in the adult film industry for years. <laughs> That's how I got to jump on my YouTube channel. <laughs> nice. I, I asked at the end of one of my uh, one of my videos if people wanted to come watch me build things out of wood, a different kind of wood. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> this isn't right. <laughs> let's do. We're still really good on time, so yeah. Let's do. Um. This one should be a quick one. This is from Brian Crano. Desert Island hand tools only get to bring three. Go. Um, I don't know. Like for me, <laughs> hand tools, like gross. Like are we talking like actual, you know, chisels and hand planes and stuff? Then I don't know. I'd probably take a chisel, a mallet, and a number of five four four and a half one of those i don't know probably wouldn't be able to do much with it <laughs> me yeah lee ahead. nielsen four and a half bad axe ten and saw and a lee nielsen uh set of chisels or if i was to pick a ch- some chisels a, a quarter three eighths and a half go now, I could say a little more mainstream and say, hey, a folding ruler, a pickup pencil, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And um, I don't think I need a screwdriver. Yeah, maybe a chisel to split coconuts. Now, Wils- Wilson! Can, can I consider a shaper origin Ooh. to be a hand tool? Ooh, good, good one. Because I'd bring that. I am that thing is amazing. I got to use it all day today. <clears throat> Pretty cool, huh? Yes. Such a <clears throat> such a great tool. So amazing how precise that thing is. Hard to believe, 
that that kind of technology exists and it's only going to get better. That tool, and I, I know this wasn't the question, but that tool excites me about the future of woodworking. Yeah. Because when you when you look at that and what it is and what it does and the technology needed and the smart people needed to create that, imagine what's going to be out in five years. Oh years. yeah. Oh yeah. Like, wow. You're going to have AI do it for you. I can't wait. I cannot wait to have a shop full of robots. And oh. then I just narrate build videos off to the side while my, while the machines do everything. It's going to be great. Yeah. We're going to call it Skynet. Yeah, man. It just started raining super hard here. Yeah. It's, it's London. It's, it's thundering and lightning here. I like I can't see very far out the dang window. Mm -hmm. So there's a chance maybe we'll lose some uh, internet here. Hopefully not. Um. All right, you are up, Mister Sedgley. Okay. Let me see. Okay, here's one. What What's on your bucket list for woodworking projects? And this is by K Ship Texas or K. S-H-I-P-T-X. What is your bucket list for woodworking projects? Okay. Um, Marianne's window seat. Ah. Okay. That's something that I have to do. Uh, ever since I built this desk, I think I get to build two more, one for Big D and one for Chris. Um, bucket list. I had just started getting into it pre-pandemic. And Jason, you you know, around my house, I have all these little quick stools I made with through tenon joinery, and I was practicing to build that really nice coffee table at Festool. Mm -hmm. uh, out of out of all the castaways from the uh, conference tables, that was a fun project, and I really like through tenon joinery. So, like any woodworker, I want to start building uh, stick uh, chairs and Welsh stick chairs, Windsor chairs, stuff like that. Um, I was looking around the house. I'm going, where the hell am I going to put them? Who cares? I just want to do that. And that's a ma chair making is big on my bucket list. So I've been doing a lot of stuff to get ready for it and purchasing a few things like tenon cutters and whatnots and reamers to do stuff and practicing on smaller pieces just so I can get an eye for angles. So, and building a few jigs for my drill press to, you know, do the right things, do the right angles and stuff like that. So that's major things on my bucket list. Uh, you'll, we'll see uh, the window seat build sometime, probably this fall. I also got to do some, um, some studio uh, monitor. Uh, you'll see this on the sedge tool channel. I got a good friend back home. I just got to get my final depth dimension and I'm going to do some really cool stuff with edge banding and walnut plywood, but I need the depth of this for, and if you're into um, audio uh, equipment um, uh, for recording his recording studio in his basement uh, there to hold your different um, recording uh, mixer boards and stuff like that. It's the same stuff for uh, server rooms. It's 4U, 2U, or 8U uh, unit holders, and that's what I'm building now. But I want to do it kind of a really good look for his um, his desk and his recording studio and his basement. It's for my buddy, Mike Goulet. So I'll be working on that in the near future. But 
I've been looking online at how everybody's building this and no, I haven't found any high end stuff. Just a lot of guys just knocking out cool, really cool boxes for this stuff. So I'm going to be working on that this summer and that's bucket list. And the the other thing uh, for bucket list is I'm going to start doing quite a few shaper uh, videos um, because I have a workstation, I have a shaper and I've been just messing with it, learning a little, but I'll, that's my concentration over the summer. It's kind of, I'm going to call it sedge tool summer of a shaper. <laughs> You're up Mr. Bent bucket list. Uh, I want to design and build a chair. Um, and that's actually something that I've been putting things together right now for, um, I want to do something this year even if that means that I have to put something else in the house on hold. Um, and I have an idea on how I want to combine wood and leather. So it's something that I'll work with Patrick and Michelle on, but I want to make like a uh, modern style lounge chair, um, but then incorporate the seat, uh, incorporate leather into the seat. So and there's a lot of really cool people out there that I've seen some amazing inspiration for. Um, I think Fernway Designs is one. Um, there was another one I, I've seen over the past couple of months that I'm kind of taking some different ideas and how I can adapt that. But for me, that's I want to build something that I know is going to challenge me mm. mentally and as a woodworker in general this year instead of just keep building, you know, tabletops and cabinet boxes. And, um, I want to do something that's going to take me out of my comfort zone. So that's going to happen. That's how you grow. Yep. Do you want to each do, well, let me, let me do another one. Then we'll see what, how much time we got. This one is from Mr. Ed Mancini as well. Who is your biggest woodworking influence when you started and who is now? Um, when I started for me, it was, uh, I watched a lot of Jay Bates stuff. Um, he was probably at the top of the list. Uh, Mark Spagnuolo, obviously. Um, you know, I was a YouTube kid or YouTube woodworker coming up. I just, I watched a lot of YouTube like a lot of people do nowadays. Um, now, guys like Nick Padula uh, from Padula Studio out of Australia. Those kind of guys are my inspiration now. Um, uh, Nick Schiffer and Tyler Grace and Casey Knips, all guys that are home builders, remodelers, and you know trim carpenters that, uh, you know, have nothing to do with what I do, uh, arguably. And I don't have any desire to do those things really like as a profession, but their attention to detail and their level of expertise on what they do. Um, Aaron cash at fine line millworks. Those guys are like, that's my inspiration now. So I I'm looking at people that are going to elevate me on everything that I do. And those are the people that I want to try to emulate. So those are the try, those are the people that I want to like surround myself around and consume their content and get an idea of, you know, how they think 
and how they do what they do and why they take so much pride in their work. So it's, it's, for me, it's shifted pretty, pretty drastically. Hmm. Sedge. Uh, who was my biggest influence? His name is, well, biggest influence in my life uh, in woodworking uh, was my dad because that's who got, who gave me the ability to gain my passion for woodworking and do it yourself type stuff. Um, but my biggest influence in woodworking, his name is Ralph Jackson, Reliance Furniture Service, Oakland Park, Florida. No one knows who he is, <laughs> but he's my mentor. I learned about finishing from him. I did. I have no um, anxieties about finishing. I just know. Walked in a shop, gave me Bob Flexner's book, said, read this. This is the Bible. Understanding would finish. And uh, uh, I spent about six months in his shop learning woodworking as well because he did a lot of furniture repair. He was, uh, every summer, he would go up to the Smithsonian and take classes. Um, he does a lot of uh, museum curation uh, around the country. Um, so that's one time. Uh, and this is why he is a huge influence on me. He had clients once and I had a project going at furniture PhD and I needed some advice on it. And I, I drove up to Oakland pack and he had a bunch of clients in there. Uh, some high end clients. So, I mean, big bucks, deep pockets. And I said, I knocked on a screen door and I went, Ralph, and he went, hang on. And he goes, I go, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You have clients. He goes to hell with them. What do you need? <laughs> He goes, they can wait. And to me, that meant so much to me because he could see I needed some advice on something. So there was another time where um, uh, Constantine's was around the corner. It's a famous woodworking store. They had one in New York and one in Oakland Pack. And they'd been around 100 years. And uh, it was really funny. Uh, there was a knock on the screen door and Ralph and I were in there. You know who it was? It's Bob Flexner. He was teaching over at Constantine's and he had a couple questions for Ralph. Because that's he's one of those people who everybody leans on or asks questions because he he is the knowledge base, but people just don't know him. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was so honored to for him just to be a friend and uh, my mentor so nowadays uh now i'm in uh, now i'm woodworking now i'm teaching and i think everybody probably knows this uh the, but i don't think he knows this um who is a big influence of me is because i see how he acts around people and how he runs his school that's mark adams he is uh he he wrote a book recently um, the biggest influences in woodworking, the difference makers, it's called. And I truly believe he is the difference maker uh, because he is the networking hub of the world. And Mark Adams is brilliant. And I just, when I'm there teaching, I just, I absorb him. I, uh, I love going down sometimes in February when it's just him and his crew. Uh, they're doing projects, but I get a chance to chat. And I, I'm only supposed to be down there for 10, 15 minutes. I end up being 10 hours. I mean, uh, two mm -hmm. hours just chatting. Um, anytime I can talk to him, uh, I feel honored to talk to him. So um, 
Ed, there's another question you have here that said, who would you like to thank for getting you to where you are today in woodworking? And I think everybody knows it's Ralph Jackson from, for me, for Reliance Furniture Service. Cause uh, even, even last year, the year before, during the pandemic, I was up in Fort Lauderdale visiting family and I dropped by. He was in a rush to get out of there, but he gave me a couple minutes so we could talk and just reminisce for a couple minutes. But he had a, a museum piece that he had to go take care of up in West Palm. But he gave me a couple minutes of his time just to say hi. And he just said, well, can we take a rain check on this so we can really sit down and talk? And I go, yeah, I'll be back. I haven't been back in a year or two because life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. But he's always there. He always gives me his time. And that, I think, is a true friend, but also a true mentor. Uh, boy, he guided me and he taught me every, all these things that I still today, I teach people about sanding and about finishing and about wasting time that you don't need to waste. Just because he was he's a good businessman, too. Really meticulous. So. I, I guess I, that was a two-pronged question, and I kind of went into it again. Jason, who would you like to thank for getting you into woodworking where you are today? Um, I have, actually, to his face. Um, DIY Pete is the reason why I'm a woodworker. And No kidding. Uh, yep. I met him at uh, WorkbenchCon a couple years, a few years back. As a matter of fact, I think it was the one right before COVID hit. He was there, um, and I just ran up to him real quick. And I was just like, Hey, you know, this is who I am. And, um, this is what I do now. And I just want to say thanks because, uh, you're the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Nicole wanted me to build a table that he built. I watched his video. He told me what I need to do. And that got me hooked. So, um, he's the reason. And I got to, you know, shake his hand and say, thank you straight to his face, which was cool. That is cool. Yep. Sometimes uh, it's just we've talked a couple of times since then, but sometimes you don't know an influence that you are on people or people don't know what they say to you influences. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, Ralph was kind to me. He saw that I really had a passion for woodworking, but he also knew that I needed to be guided in the right direction with like the right equipment, the right finishing, everything. He taught me how to spray. I mean, it, so sometimes it's just the kindness of somebody that you, not necessarily, yeah, I guess you look up to. You say, wow, that guy knows what he's doing or that gal knows what she's doing. And But that person is also nice. They're, they take time out and they go, oh, you're like, wow. So. I, uh, I've got water coming in my window. You go, Oh, really? It's raining that hard. Yeah. The, the rain is, is like going straight into the, the window on the front of the house. The one that I actually have some of the, like the cracking on the exterior brick stuff, like uh, where the, the stuff is, but anyways, I'm, I'm looking at the window. So right now and I can see exactly where it's, where the, the water is coming in. Oh, my God. I've got a little puddle on the windowsill. Huh. That ain't good, huh? Yeah, that ain't good. 
Huh. Sorry, I know I derailed us there for a second. No, no worries, dude. Hey, sitting you take it. Sitting here and I look down and I'm like, so I've always actually had this, this concern about yeah. this window because when they did the inspection on the house, the guy was like, the house is in excellent shape. Like there's really nothing to report. It's kind of a boring report, but um, you know, there was all like the little tiny things, you know, regular stuff, but like nothing significant, but he did bring me outside and he said, there, there is one thing um, I just want to bring to your attention. It's pretty common on homes like this, especially of this age, but you know, that where it has the brick veneer on the outside yeah. in some places. Um, well, at the top of this window, the brick veneer, and then the, the line that goes, the grout line that goes to the left and the grout line that goes to the right. Um, you can tell like when the house settled a little bit, it kind of back. gave some separation to that grout line. Yeah. So he's like, you know, water could be getting back there. And um, he's like, when I removed the flooring, um, I didn't see any like staining on the floor or on the, on the ground. So I'm like, well, that's a good sign. Right. Because yep. obviously it'd probably be leaking down and there'd be huge mm-hmm. water puddles everywhere. And there wasn't. Um, so I didn't really investigate any further than that. But when this window needs to get replaced, I am worried that they're going to rip it out and they're going to be like, look at all this damage that's happened over the years yep. behind this wall. But yeah. I probably need to have somebody or need to fill that seam myself with some uh, some sort of exterior grade sealant. I'll have to talk to my <laughs> sergeant major when he comes down and see what he would recommend for me to put in there. You might want to call uh, Greaseball. He's a, a co- he's a caulking master. You know that guy on Instagram? Greaseball, what is it? Greaseball, nineteen eighty-three. Have you ever seen that guy? No. He's a cock master. Oh my god! He shows all these terrible contractor things that he walks into, and he always he takes pictures of this stuff, and he always says, "Hey guys, look how I nailed this one." And it's guys who like who just take a hammer and crack a tile to put it around and cock. He cocks everything in. Oh my god! It's one of the coolest Instagram, but he, I don't think he's posted a lot lately. He kind of went, he was posting a lot back five, six years ago. And every time you saw his stuff, you went, oh my God, you were just crying. It was so funny. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, Well, do you want to do, do you want to do one more? Yeah, let's do it. Is it my turn or yours? Um, I think I did that one of Ed. And then you you picked that other one that was kind of in this in the same, yeah, realm. So let's do one more. Okay, and you can and you can pick it. Okay, one more. Okay, ooh. Oh boy, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. There's so many good ones. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know if, yeah, we didn't cover this. What is the single best advice? This is from Ed Mancini, Mancini Woodworking. What is the single best advice you can give to someone just starting out in woodworking? So I'll I'll answer that first. Um, be patient and enjoy the journey of learning. Don't get too overwhelmed. You're going to make a ton of mistakes. Just enjoy it. Don't, if you, if you get too frustrated 
walk away, go hit a couple balls, a couple golf balls, go to the batting cages. This is supposed to be fun and keep it fun. If it isn't fun, then you might want to consider something else. But I always tell people, uh, make sure you enjoy what you're doing and walk away. This isn't life or death. It's woodworking. Now, if you're doing it as a business, I'm going to say it right now. Be patient. Um, my dad always taught, told me this, and I wish he was still alive to see uh, his um, his uh, vision of his son come true. He said, I always mix it up, but he said, one day your your advocation will become your vocation. And he was right. And my uh, passion of woodworking became my my vocation. Um, so he was right. And he said, it's going to take a while. Just take your time, learn, absorb everything you can, and it'll happen. And it's not that I wanted to follow what he had seen or his vision. It's just he saw how much I love woodworking and how much I love to create something out of basically boards. And I do to this day. I love doing it. And you know what? It's a lot of work. I'll go back to the last build I did. We did six videos total on it on Sedge Tool. And it's a piece of wood on an iron frame that I bought the frame, but it's a piece of wood. But all the work that goes into it and Derek and Chris, they were like, wow, this is a lot of work. I go, yeah, it's woodworking, but working is the longer word. <laughs> and they both started laughing. But And now I'm standing at it and I'm chatting here on the Green Suiters podcast and I couldn't be more pleased of what we created. And I think that, and when I have family come in and friends and they all go, wow, is that nice? I'm not finished with it. I still got I still got to do wire management, everything on it. But you know what? It's the journey and it's just so much daggone fun. So be patient, enjoy the journey, and everything falls into place. Jason, you're up. Uh, I'm actually going to skip this one because okay. starting to come <laughs> in. My window is leaking a lot worse than I thought. Okay. And it's actually leaking from the top as well. And my blinds oh are now wet. And so now I'm fairly certain that I need to get this window taken care of like in the next few days. <laughs> yes. Do you think it might be coming in from upstairs? No, I think it's coming in directly over the top where the metal sill around the, the like the gotcha. plate or I don't, I yeah, don't know you anything. Drip, you drip. But so. it's, yep. I, I looked over to the side here and I just saw another puddle. And then I'm like, what the heck? And I put my hand there and I felt a splash. And then I looked up to the top and I see water dripping down. And then I looked it to the right and there's water coming in on the right-hand side. Oh boy. So that means that inside of my wall right now is also getting wet. So yeah, this is a, this is a significant problem. that's going to have to get fixed. Yep. And I'm sure that's not going to be cheap. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think that is um, 
a wrap that's gonna, on yeah that's gonna have 95. to do it everybody <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right we're out of time anyway but now i've got to go talk to nicole let her know okay. what's, uh, what's going on so thanks everybody thank, for tuning in thank you everybody for listening sorry for the quick departure but we got a problem but we'll see you bye. next time bye-bye bye-bye bye-bye